Okay. So, let's get going. Korach is... Um, wow, the attack. Okay. Well, yeah, that's all right. Yeah. My titles are never reflective, really, of what we're going to talk about anyways. Um, it's a try. Um, I never know what we're going to talk about until we get there. Um, but... Um, the story of... I put the whole text here. We're not going to read the whole story because it's very long. So it's not going to work. So um, so, um, so we're not going to read the whole story because the story is too long to read. But let's just make sure we know where we are. And there's a, lot of, there's a lot of challenging pieces to this story, both in terms of what Korach does, those who follow him, how Moshe responds. There's like so many pieces to it. So, so I want to like, I want to bring up a couple of ideas, a couple of thoughts. But let's just, let's just start a little in terms of making sure we have a background in terms of what actually happens in the story, because as we know, when we actually take a look inside, we sometimes find that that there's there's more going on here than we than we realize. So this the the story starts as follows: Korach ben Yitzhar ben Gahas ben Levi. So Korach, what's already funny about the first pasuk? What's already funny about it? Why are they giving us his family? History? Okay, his whole family lineage, right? What else? Uh, the first word. Vayikach, he took. He took. Vayikach, who did he take? A person. Oh, we don't know. We don't know. But he took what? Vayikach, Korach. What did Korach take? There's no explanation of what Korach took at all. He took and then, took and then all about him. Right. Vayikach, Korach, and Korach took. We don't know what he took. Ben Yisar, 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 Ben Right. Vayikach means you take something. There is no object of the Vayikach. This we don't know what he negative, took. There's a negative connotation to it all. To Vayikach. Why is it negative? Because there's some other things. Long ago learning. I, I can't remember. Okay, so let's see. But yeah. But, can't we interpret that as and Hashem took Korach? Hashem like, took... Like it's pa- took. And he took Korach? Yeah. It could be. And, 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 he, and he took Korach. Yeah, but again, where did he take him? <laughs> right, right. No, but you're right because that, that's the problem. It doesn't make any sense. It is, it is, it is um, grammatically n- mixed up or nonsensical. Obviously, it's sensical. Hashem wrote it, but I'm just saying it. It doesn't make sense to write vayikach korach. Doesn't. What, what does that mean? Right. And the vidatan biram should it be vayikhu, or if it's just korach taking? And did korach take dasan vaviram? Dasan vaviram, like. Yeah, it's weird. Right. What, the, or, or, did, or Korach and us and Vaviram and Om Ben Pellet, they, they all took something. Right. Vaikhu, right. Good. Good. It doesn't fall. The Vaikach doesn't fall on anything. And that's a little bit strange. Fine. Good. So Korach, Benyus, and then why his whole lineage? Good question. And us and Vaviram. Okay, us and Vaviram, who are Bnei Eliav, and Om Ben Pellet, Bnei Ruvain, and Om Ben Pellet, who, well, the Dasan, Aviram, and Om Ben Pelet presumably all come from Ruvain. Good. Next question. How did Korach start hanging out with the Bnei Ruvain? Why did they make a alliance? alliance? Where does that come from? Okay. And they got up in front of Moshe, and then, and not just them, but 250 other people from Bnei Yisrael, Nisiei Eda. And they were not just regular people. These were Chashavah people. These were Anashim. We talked last week about the, 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 the Miraglim who were called Kulam Anashim, Roshe Bnei Yisrael. Same little language, right? These are heads of the community. Kriyei Moed, Anshei Shem, people with a name, right? 
And what happened by Kalu and Moshe Valron and they gathered by Kalu is always negative also. By Kalu, right? they, they come together like that oftentimes. It's, an, it's negative. And they, by Yamu Alehem, they said to them, Rav Lachem, you've, you've taken, there's a, there's a lot for you, Rav Lachem, right? You've taken a lot. Kikol Haidakulam Kidoshim. The entire nation is holy. Uvisocham Hashem. And Hashem is within them. Ubadua Tisnasu Akahal Hashem. So what, what is that? What is that? What's the complaint? Most, What's the complaint? Most of them have too much power. Sounds why, like, like it. How did you? How did you? How did you? How are you the ones who ended up with all okay, that? Yeah. Who made you the boss of me? Right. <laughs> who made you the boss of me? Right. I thought everybody is special, and everybody is chashuv, and everybody is right. So, like, why all of a sudden now do you guys get to tell us what to do? I thought that we're all kulam kedoshim. We all have kedusha. Hashem commanded us just a few weeks ago. Kedoshim to you. we're all kadosh. So for all Kadosh, why are you allowed to rule over me? Fair and argument? They're not ruling. They're just following the ways of Hashem. Who's just following the ways of Hashem? Moshe and Aaron. Okay. Hashem's to do things. They're telling everybody else. They're not like ruling over the people. So they're just... Okay. So maybe they are Nisim, though. They are, the... they, are, they are leaders. They have positions that others don't have. Right. Right? That is true. They're given a certain chashivas. We give them a certain... Right, there's something special that they that they have that other people don't have. Yeah, yeah? okay. It's like a place of honor, I think. Not okay. Power per se. Okay, but they, okay, okay, good. Uh, but certainly they're treated as you know special individuals or given certain kavod. They do things other people can't do. Moshe speaks to Hashem. The Aaron speaks to Hashem. But there's certain things they do that other people can't do. But okay, fine. So. But it's without reading the whole rest of the story, but the bottom line is, Moshe, they don't know what to say, and they, Moshe says, you know what, fine, if you guys really all, and, and Chazal basically turned this into all that Korach and his merry men basically all want to be the Kohen Gadol, which is obviously impossible, impossible. because... Only one person <laughs> can be the Kohen Gadol. So, so, right, so, and, and has it play out, Moshe basically says, fine. If you'd like to see who Hashem chooses, because well, we see from what Moshe does what the claim was. Mm-hmm. He says, "Fine, you wanted to see who Hashem chooses. Everybody, come with a fire pan and put katoris in the fire pan, some incense, and show up tomorrow morning, and we'll see whoever the fire comes down from Shemaim and goes to. That's the person who Hashem chose. So the fact that they're choosing incense, right, is what tells us that this is talking about being being the Kohen Gadol. That's something the Kohen Gadol did." Fire pans were used in the Mishkan, right? Using the base Amigdash to bring to bring the incense into the Kodesh Hakadoshim and Yom Kippur, right? So this fire pan story, where it's not random, it's a replication of the avod that would happen in the Mishkan. So that's how you see that they all wanted to be the Kohen Gadol, which is obviously impossible. But you see also then is the concern really against Moshe as much? It's much more against. Aaron, which the end of the story tells us that because even after it's all over, there's still people are still unhappy, and there's this whole story where they all bring their staffs into the into the Mishkan, and only Aaron's sprouts flowers. But it was clearly a feeling of nepotism, right? That Moshe, fine Moshe, you're in charge, but now you who you choose happens to be you choose your like right. It's like a little it's a little funny, right? If Moshe's the one choosing, then it is funny. Right? How to be it? Now your brother's a choice, right? That's kind of uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable unless what? 
you believe Hashem <laughs> Hashem Aaron, right? But, but if you don't believe that, right. then you have trouble. But it's silly because Aaron was by Moshe's side through all the makos, oh. going to Paro. I mean, he was like a co-leader, Ke'ilu, or so like the chief of staff, second in command. So it kind of makes sense he would continue to have a leadership role. Good. So then, what question are you asking? I'm asking why are they jealous? Why are they jealous? Aaron? Good. What are they jealous about? Good. And they go through the story and the, and the earth opens up and it eats them. That's also a different question. Like, why is the earth swa- oh, swallowing them? Why is that the thing? We're not going to get into that so much today. But like, why is that the punishment? It's certainly not random. Who's Korach right. jealous of Moshe? Ah, that's a good question. Who's, who's, who's Korach jealous of? Why is he jealous? Why does he think this is going to work? Why does he do this now? All of his arguments are against what Moshe says. Right. Right. They're against Moshe Rabbeinu. But really, they're not trying to take Moshe's job. They're trying to take Aaron's job, clearly. Right. Why, why now? Why do people follow? Why do they even consider following Moshe? Like following Korach? Well, I mean, it's, if we say they're in the Nisim, it's kind of consistent with what we said last week about the Maraglim that. being jealous that they're going to lose their position and their title and they don't want to go to Eretz Israel. They like being in a leadership role. So here, now, it's not just the Maraglim, it's the 250 Nisim that are getting together and saying... You know, who makes him the leader? We all want to be leaders. We all want to be Kohanim. It's kind of consistent with those opinions. Good, good. And this... now they're not going into our town. Ah. Uh, they're wandering in the desert for 40 years. So but, they like but they don't know that. They don't know how long they're... <laughs> really? Right? Okay. Because what was last week's Parsha? Shlach. Miraglim. Right. And that story they're told, you're not going in. Oh, Right, right. So the end, right. So the end of the story is they're told they're not going in. No. So if you believe this story is happening in order, right now, right, and this is what the difference when we learn these stories as adults, right? Like always, we put them in context. That makes a lot more sense, right? <laughs> if that's what just happened, if it all just came crumbling down, we're gonna die in the desert. You better bet that, you know, Moshe's leadership is now gonna be under attack. Right, it's, it's it's actually very reasonable, right? Okay. Take a take take a look at Rashi. For a second, Rashi doesn't make that point yet. Take a look at Rashi in source number two. Ma ra'a korach lachlok al Moshe. Rashi asks, "What did Korach see to decide that he's going to attack Moshe Benu?" So he writes, "Niskana al nisiuto." He was upset about his position of leadership. Shall el elitzafan ben Uziel. What is he upset about? He's upset that he saw Elitzafan got a job. When they set up the different uh, Levi groups, right? And we spoke a few weeks ago about how Levi was elevated above the Bechor, right? And now, elev- now that there's three groups within Levi, and, uh, and what happens? So Elitzafan ben Uziel becomes the head of Kahas. Hashem decided that. Okay, so Amr Karach. He says, wait a second, that's not, that doesn't work. Achi Abba Arbaahayu. My father had four brothers. Shanamaru Banekaz, etc. Amram Yitzar. Um Yeah, it's Am it's uh shoot, I should have brought it to you before. It's Am we can look it up right here. Hold on a second. Exactly what it is. 
the names of the Re'ela Shemos B'nei Levi, Gershon Kahas Marari, and then you say, B'nei Gershon, B'nei Kahas, who the children of Kahas, Amram, Yitzar, Chevron, Vuziel. Okay, those are the four brothers, the children of Kahas. Okay, Kahas, who was one of the sons of Levi. Okay, so what happens? So what happened? So, Amram Habachor, right? So Amram is the oldest of Kahas. Who does he get? Not Lushnei, but Abgadula. He's the, he's the oldest. He gets double portion, right? So his brother, his sons, Moshe and Aaron. Echa melech echa kohen gadol. Mi royally told it's a Lo anish ani ben Yitzar. Right? Meaning he's, the next brother is Yitzar. Okay? So uh, why are we, t- so this answers the first question we asked, right? Why is Korach's name, why do we total his whole lineage? So we connect him. Korach ben Yitzar ben Kahas ben Levi. He's the son of Yitzar. He's upset because he's the son of Yitzhar, who's the second brother after Kahas. He feels jumped. Why was he jumped over? Because who got, who got a job to be the head of Kahas? It was Eli Tzafan, the son of Uziel. Uziel is the fourth son of Kahas. Right? So he's asking himself, I don't get it. If someone's supposed to get a job, I'm supposed to get the next job. At that point, he doesn't want to be Moshe Aaron. But at least give me the job as being the head of Kahas. And even that you didn't give me. That's, what, that's like the straw that breaks the camel's back for, for, for Korach and... Like, you know, sets him off. That's what Rashi says. Okay? Um, so what happened? And, he's, and instead he chooses the youngest son. So he says, So now I'm done. Now I'm after him. We're one, two, three, four lines down in, in Rashi. Ma'asa, what did he do? Amad v'kines masayim v'chamishim roshet shanhed. He gets 250 people who are like the heads of the, of the you know, leadership groups. Ruban, Mishavit, Ruvain. Why are they from Ruvain? Shechenav. Right, where he lives, right? Levi lives all around the Mishkan. And who lives near the area of, of, uh, of, Korach, of Korach's Chevra? Late Ruvain lives right near them. Okay, and why does it happen? Oiler Russia, Oiler Shechenav. Right, it's bad. Hanging around, being neighbors with a bad guy leads to bad things for you. This whole group. Fine. So he gets together with them. And what does he do? So what does he do? This is talking about it. This is quoting a Medrash. There's two stories that are told about what Moshe did. One was he got a group of people and he put them all where Talisim were full of, fully blue, all Techelis. And he asked Moshe Rabbeinu, if the Talis is totally Techelis, does it need Sitzis? And Moshe said, of course it does. And they said, that's ridiculous. If the whole goal of Tzitzis is to have that, that blue string, which reminds me of the, uh, the, the Yam and the Kisei HaKavad and HaKadosh Baruch Hu, so if I have a whole baguette made of Tchelas, of course it should work. That should be enough. I don't need the strings. And then they asked him another question. What happens if I have a room that's totally full of Sifrei Torah? Sifrei Torah around the whole room. Right? Something like this. Does, it need a, does, it, does that room need a mezuzah? And Moshe said, of course it does. And he said, you're ridiculous. The whole job of the mezuzah is to remind me of the Torah. And I have Torahs all around the room. Why would I need a mezuzah? And they all laugh at him, right? Mocking, mocking Moshe Bino. So I wanna, if we have time, I want to get to a, a, a pshat to explain. The result is a beautiful pshat to explain that medrash. And what Korach is, is after and what that's really about. But according to Rashi, he's bothered by the appointment of Levi. Does Rashi say anything about, about the miraglim at this point? Nothing. Nothing about the Mirai. This is nothing to do with spice. This is the appointment of, of uh, Uziel, the, uh, Eli Tzafan ben Uziel. 
That's what bothers him, according to Rashi. Fine. Look what Ibn Ezra says, source number three. Source number three writes to Ibn Ezra, Vaikach Korach, Zehadavar Hayab Mibar Sinai. This was not, again, Mibar Sinai is right, all of the, the previous partios, not, not just now. We, we left, but Midbar is when we actually li- leave Mibar Sinai. Right? Mibar Sinai is Shmos and Vayikra. Okay? Um, kasher, eh, eh, well, he says, Kasher nischafu ha-bechorim v'nivdalu halavim. The story that we read right, earlier, and we actually talked about here, a little bit about how the Bechor were all, had the responsibility taken away from them. They were no longer going to serve in the Mishkan. And who was in, going to instead? Levi. Levi is going to rule instead. Ki chashu Yisrael shemosha adoneinu asami daito laseis kedula la'achav. So what did everyone start to think? Oh, convenient. Convenient. The Bechor is going to live, and, Bechor's, and, and the Bechor is going to come from every family in Kala Yisrael. You have people from Ruvain and Shimon and Yehuda and Yisachar and Zivulun. They're all going to have a place to serve in the Mishkan. And now Moshe Ben makes an announcement. Hear you, hear you. Just a reminder. Actually, only Le- oh, happens to be this my shevet. Right? Levi is going to be the ones to serve in the Mishkan. Everybody else is out. So if you think that's from the Rebona Sholem, fine. But if you are skeptical, if you're a skeptic, right, then what are you going to think? Moshe stay for himself. And in which case, Korach is not simply jumping up on his own, but he's taking advantage of that already rumors, murmurings that were happening around town, and he grabs onto that, and right? he makes use of it. Happens right after this switch happens, you probably had a lot of it upset Bechors in all of the camps, right? in, all of the, in all of the tribes were all upset about this, very uncomfortable for them, and Korach uses as an opportunity, finally, to go after Moshe Rabbeinu. What? And then Ruvain. And Ruvain. Right. And certainly, it's like, all right, well, if you're going to give it to one Shevet. Give it to the Bechor Shevet. Right. right. So certainly not surprising that people from Ruvain are the ones who are the most upset. Right. Good. Um, good. So, and they thought that Moshe did it himself. And, and, and ready? Not only did he take the leadership for the Levium, but most of the leadership goes to the children of Kaha. So even within Levi, there's this frustration. Right? Who within the tribe gets the most power? Well, look, Why did they, like if he's saying in lineage, in order, like all this youngest, then so why did he get skipped over? Good question. Yeah. But, well, maybe, maybe there's something we see about Korach right. that made it clear that he wasn't the guy to do it for the job, right? right? Usually, right, that's usually the rule, right? right? The person who volunteers, like a little too eagerly for some of these jobs is usually... The wrong person. Not always. <laughs> not always. Sometimes you need someone to step up. Almost every leader in Tanakh did not want to be. Not, right, not always. Not always. But a lot of times, it's the person who is like a little overeager sometimes that ends up being. But not, it's not always true. But he already a troublemaker before this? We don't know. Okay. We don't know anything about Kalrach before this. So it just could have been triggered. <laughs> could have been triggered. triggered. It's possible. But most people, I think if we, right, most people are who they are for most of their life. It usually doesn't just... Unless they have like you know Khalila, like something happens with them, like they have it. But like otherwise, like they typically have their personality. Right. It typically is simmering for a while, right? And he says kashualav after the the bold uh, part here, and the Levim connected to him because again they were still you know put under under being ruled by Aaron and his children, 
right? Because our father Reuven had the Bechorah taken from him, right? The bottom line is, they, everybody gets upset. And then he writes, And Korach was a Bechor. So again, he's frustrated by that also. There's a lot of frustration going on in this moment. And this, according to the Ibn Ezra, though, this is before the Miraglam. There's nothing to do with the Miraglam. This has to do with that switch, that swap, which is very, very powerful, right? Which we talked a lot about how, how the Levium have to experience that, that experience. We didn't talk about so much how the Bechors felt about it. And this, the Ibn Ezra wants to argue, is exactly the response. Levi takes over this big job. They had a lot of responsibility. That itself is hard for them. But don't forget about what happened to the Bechors, and they're all angry and upset. And that's why Korach uses, seizes, yeah, it's always true, right? I'm not, I'm not making comparisons per se, right? Hitler is seized on a certain, right, depressed society that was looking for a scapegoat, that was looking for someone to, right, to, to take advantage. Feeling of being, not being fair. Not being fair. We've been disadvantaged. We've been taken advantage of. We got messed over at the, at the Treaty of Versailles. Right? There's all kinds of feelings there that, that he grabbed onto. It happens all the time. Shabtai Tzvi. And Shabtai Tzvi becomes Shabtai Tzvi. Why? Because there's the Chmelnitsky massacres, pogroms that were taking place just before that. Everyone's feeling super low and terrible and upset. And, right? and Shabtai Tzvi swoops in. I have your savior right, to deal with. Your, right? It happens throughout human history and throughout Jewish history, that when things are low and bad and difficult, someone jumps in to grab and take advantage sometimes, right? And that argues Ibn Ezra's what's happening here. Which, by the way, you can make the argument, even if we're going to see the Ramban in a second, even if you argue that this is on the heels of Miraculum, you can make the same argument. He's also swooping in on the heels of this Chayna Miraculum and the feeling of depression, we have nothing, there's nothing for us, etc. Look at the Ramban. Because Ramban makes a similar argument, but in the opposite direction. And he says, source number four, where it's underlined, he says, When they were living in Midbar Sinai, end of Shemos, they build the Mishkan, Vayikra, they're learning about the Korbanos, everything's good, they're hanging out in Midbar Sinai, things were wonderful. He got, and they're getting ready to go to Eretz Yisrael, right? Even when they did Chet Egel. Not so many people died, right? A few, a few people, some people, but in the scheme of things, there were, million, there was a, there were a nation of two and a half million people, so a few thousand, but it wasn't like, you know, a, a huge group. Moshe, Moshe saved them. He had daven for them for this whole time. They loved Moshe Rabbeinu. Right? If a person would attack Moshe Rabbeinu, they would stone that person for attacking Moshe Rabbeinu. Right? Moshe Rabbeinu was in a high place at that time. Right? So, so what did Korach do? He, he handled it. He dealt with it. Right? He didn't make a big deal. And the Bechors also, they, they didn't say anything. He argues that nothing happened yet. Right? Everything that happened, they let it go and you left it alone because look, what are you going to do? Everybody loves Moshe Benu. What are we going to say? Aval. Right? They go to Midbar Paran. 
What happens if the people start to complain and fires start? God starts lighting fires and killing people, right? A lot of people. People are complaining. Hashem starts to kill them. It's not good. And then at the Meraglim, what happens? So Moshe does David Hashem a little bit, right? but he doesn't save them. Moshe isn't their savior. That's not really Moshe's fault necessarily, but Hashem's not hearing it anymore. Right? And all these 10 people, they die. A terrible, horrible death. In front of everybody sees it. That's it. They find out now they're destined to die in the Midbar. Everybody fell into despair. Moshe is not so great anymore. Korach realizes, this is my moment. People aren't so hot on Moshe anymore. Moshe Bainu doesn't save us anymore. Look what he did. He took us out of Mitzrayim to take, and he, he even points this out more, right? You promised us. You're taking us out of Mitzrayim to take us to Eretz Israel. And it's not happening. You didn't fulfill your promise. You're a liar. All this time, everything they complain, we'd laugh at them. He took us out of Mitzrayim to kill us in the Midbar. Well, now, mm-hmm. Taka, mm-hmm. he did take him out of Mitzrayim to kill him in the Midbar. It's not going to happen. Okay, so their children will go to Eretz Yisrael. But they, they, can you imagine? We can't, we can't imagine. We can't imagine. This was the plan. And now the plan is, is, is changed. Right? It's, it's all a ruse. We talk about what state of Mitzrayim. And maybe they would have, a lot of them feel like they would like, what they want to. Right? And so now what happens? Korach says, this is my chance. And it's not so surprising that people jumped on, jumped on the bandwagon. And it's not so surprising even that once those 250 people die and they're swallowed up, what happens? The people still complain afterwards. It's not all better. It doesn't, doesn't silence them right away. And it takes a while because it was talk of bad news. So it's not... It, when we read the story in context, it actually makes a lot of sense. And it's not so surprising that this is what happened. Right? And that's why Korach uses this moment to seize the day, whether that is back when the Bechors are kicked out and that's the moment, or is it now, after the Chedim Aragam, he uses this moment to, to grab hold. Yeah, that makes sense? Makes a lot of sense actually now, right? Good. Okay. But Korach is wrong. But why is Korach wrong? Well, could just look at the words that he says. The words that he uses are not so bad. Actually, they sound like a certain sect of the Jewish people. What does he say? Pasuk Gimel. Ve'ikalu ha-Moshe ve'al-Aron ve'yarmu alehem. I'm taking you back to source one. Rav lachem ki kol ha'ida kulam kidoshim u'besocham Hashem. Every Jew is holy. That's such a bad thing to say? No, what does it sound like? Hey. Sounds like the Hasidim. Every year, every year is a... It's Kadosh. By the way, it's not just a Hasidim. We believe it too. But I'm just saying like... (laughs) But they talk about it more. Right? But like, every Jew is a holy person. Is that wrong? No. Hashem said that in the Kadoshim tea. Right. You're all Kadosh. All Kadosh. Kadosh and... Yeah. So how do we explain this? Why some people are raised above others? Okay, it has to make sense. Right? So Soloveitchik, rather than just making it... We can say, okay, we get it. Some people are different. So the Rav actually has a very beautiful approach which is, I think, just like, you, you would assume it as, as fact, but he says it out in a way that 
gives you source material to explain why it's true. So take a look at source number five. Source number five is a pasuk in Parshas Re'eh. The pasuk says as follows: Ki am kadosh So Moshe Rabbeinu says to Am Yisrael, "You are an Am kadosh to Hashem." And Hashem chose you to be a special nation from all the nations on the world, on the earth. This pasuk is redundant, right? What does it say? It says, "Why is it redundant?" Because it says He chose you twice. You're kadosh, which means you're special and unique and and set aside for Hashem. And He says, "And Hashem chose you." If we're kadosh, it means Hashem chose us. So wait, tell me twice. Okay? Rashi says, Ki am kadosh ata, kedushas atzvacha me'avosecha. You have a certain kedusha that you have because of your grandparents. Ve'od b'cha b'char Hashem. And also Hashem chose you. Why are those two different things? Because that was your parents and this is now. Ah. Hashem is choosing you now. Good. So Soloveitchik says, in a more elaborate Rabbi Soloveitchik way, he says there's two types of Kedushos that come to Kalah Yisrael. One is the Kedusha of the Kalah. Look at source number seven. He writes like this. The Kedusha of the covenantal community is inherited from our ancestors. Right? The Kedusha of Am Yisrael, that's something we get from, from our parents and grandparents and great-grandparents. In other words, there's a genetic code of Kedusha. You know what a genetic code is. I mean, I, if I remind you, these, this book, The Rav Thinking Aloud, is not something that the Rav wrote. It is transcripts of of, of tapes of speeches that he gave so these are like he gave them like more off the cuff that's why the language is much more accessible. you know it's like yeah it's more accessible <laughs> but it's also more like the, there are those who, who who are unhappy with this because they felt like the Rav himself like was very careful how he wrote he published very little Briskers in general published very little because right. they were very careful how they write and what they say and how they say it but but it, it, it gives you a much more of a sense of how he how he spoke right um so we think of genetics always in terms of, bio, of a biological genetic code. Rashi knew of another genetic code, a genetic code of Kedusha, which is transmitted most probably through the genes or the soul. I don't care. <laughs> right. Right? Amazing. I love it. Otherwise, we cannot speak of inheritance. Otherwise, and that's the reason why if a baby is born to a Jewish mother, the baby is considered Jewish. The baby is a member of the community that community bestows Kedusha on the baby. The Kedusha is inherited from our forefathers. The community is consecrated as a unitary entity as a whole. The individual, in order to lay claim to Kedusha, must draw upon the resources of Kedusha available to the community. I am holy because I belong to a community. I am united and affiliated with a community. And that community happens to be holy. So if the whole is holy, the parts comprising the whole are also endowed with that sanctity. Fine. So number one is that there is a sense of the individual gets our Kedusha from what? From the Klal. And the Klal is, best, is given Kedusha. So we have born within us Kedusha. But then he says, person, skip on to the next side, where he writes, personal Kedusha from within each individual. The Torah said that in addition to the community, Kedusha of Ki Am Kadosh Atta, there's another resource of Kedusha. Where is this resource of Kedusha to be found? The individual must discover within himself this resource of Kedusha. The Kedusha which the individual detects in the, in the inner recesses of his personality is already personalistic, single, unique. No one else has a Kedusha like this. There is no sharing. Individual Kedusha cannot be shared with someone else. I could paraphrase the Maimar Chazal. 
right? We say just like everyone's face, every human being's face is different. Even identical twins, they're not totally identical, right? Everyone's face is different, so everyone's mind is different. Everyone's soul is different. He writes, I could say, Kashem Every person is a unique Kedusha to themselves. From this viewpoint, the community derives Kedusha from the individual. It's the opposite direction. The Kedusha's Ha'am is comprised of the countless Kedusha experiences of the individual members of the community. Just the reverse of the previous Kedusha, here the single person sanctifies the community. Right? And that's the Pshat, Ki Am Kadosha Tal Hashem Kacha. And then what does it say? U Becha Bechar Hashem. Becha is what? Lashon? Yachid, singular. Right? You are holy because of the Klal, and then you are holy on your own. Hashem has chosen you for your own job. And that's what he writes. If you skip down, personal Kedusha is unequal. It is obvious that as far as the Bechiris Yechidim is concerned, the election of the individual, the endowments cannot be equal. Each individual receives an endowment which reflects the greatness of his personality. The individual Kedusha experiences are incommensurate and completely proportionate to the individual's involvement, dedication, depth, and sweep. Kedusha is an expression of his greatness and no two people are alike as far as that greatness is concerned. Right? So if that's true, the statement by Korach, Kikol Kulam Kidoshim is correct as long as we're speaking of the community-rooted Kedusha inherited from our ancestors. Morsha was born to the Jewish community and a baby of a slave born to the Jewish community. The two share and share alike. Their shares in the endowment of sanctity were equal. However, when we shift our attention from the social aspect to the individual aspect of Kedusha, the whole idea of equality turns into an absurdity. Karach says, Yeah, that's true. The Eida is, is, is the same. But every individual is unique. And what's the, and what's the response to Karach, obviously? Moshe Rabbeinu worked at it. He, he, he has attained a certain level of Kedusha. Aaron Cohen has attained a certain level of Kedusha. And that's why he's not the same as you. And that's okay. And by the way, it's fascinating when you think about it. It's the same problem that Aaron and Miriam have. When Aaron, I just thought this now. When Aaron and Miriam speak with and her about Moshe Rabbeinu, what's that about? They say, we're also Nevi'im. Even they didn't get it. Right? We're also Nevi'im. And Shem's like, what are you talking about? You're not the same. Right? And like almost this sense of everyone's like, but wait a minute, aren't we all the same answers? Certain elements, we have, we have the same opportunities and whatever, but we're not the same. A person is, is, is defined by how they make use of right, what they have, right? That's, that's what they do. That's so, the words of Hashem. Hashem said to them, it's not the same. It's not the same. It's not the same, right? And, and, I, and it's such a fascinating concept. Even though it's so obvious in a certain sense, it's not obvious all the time. And we use that to like complain sometimes and to worry and, and, to, and to attack leaders. What do you mean? Like, I don't know. Not, again, everyone should be held to... to, to the standard that's appropriate for them. But the point being, this <coughs> argument of like, what do you mean? Everyone should be equal. Everyone should be equal in the sense that everyone should be given equal opportunities, etc. But when people at- achieve certain things because of their hard work, that's okay. That's, and that's totally being attacked today in the world, right? That concept. But that's clearly what we believe. Mm-hmm. Take a look at source number eight, the introduction of the Mesil Shasharim. What is the... What is the Ramchal, right, in the introduction to Mr. Shisharim, Yesoda Chasidus Rishorish Havoda. What is the, the fundamental aspect of Chasidus? He doesn't mean being Chasidic. He means of, of, of being a, a, a pious person. Is what? Who she is barer vis ames etzla adam. A person should clarify for themselves. Macho vaso ba olamo. 
What is their responsibility in the world? My focus. Every person has to figure out for themselves, what is it? Not just, yeah, I'm part of the Klal. And as long as I'm in the Klal, I'm good. There's a certain element of being a part of the Klal. But the question is, what are you, what are you going to do with it as an individual? And that's where Korach got it wrong. And that's where Korach got it wrong. Everyone's not the same. Because everyone has, a, has an opportunity to go after that which works for them. So that's one point that the Rav points out, which, I, again, like I kind of feel like it's like almost so obvious, but also really needs to be said at the same time. You know? And I think it's really very fascinating point. But I, wa- but I want to share with you one other idea that he said. Actually, I want to share with you two other ideas. We're running out of time, so we'll see. But one other idea that, that the Rav said about this, and he said such an, I thought, such a fascinating shot about this story with the, the talus and the mezuzah. Like, what's the pshat, talus and mezuzah? So, the, so he says the following. He said, the talus and mezuzah arguments are very reasonable, logical arguments. They make sense. Right? They make sense. And, but they're not true, even though they make sense. And what Korach was trying to say is a similar point, which is that you hold yourself up to be something special and unique and to know more than us Etc. And that's not true. All of us have common sense. The Rav calls it the common sense rebellion. And common sense dictates that if the goal of tchelas, of the tzitzis, is to have the tchelas, which reminds us of you know, the mitzvahs, etc. So as long as I have any tchelas, I should be good. Or certainly full, a, a, a garment full of tchelas, I should be fine. Right? And same thing with the mezuzah. The mezuzah is there to remind me. Of, so if I have a whole house full of sifrei Torah, I shouldn't need it. Right? But what's the problem? The problem is that the Torah is not only based on common sense. It's logical. It makes sense. It has a structure. But it's not only based on common sense. And he gives a mushal to physics. I know nothing about physics. But he gives a, he gives a you know, that, that basically Aristotelian and Greek philosophers, right, they um, believed in general, right, relied on common sense, right? They used to believe, right? Aristotle believed that objects fall to the ground. Why? Because they're heavy. Makes sense. It's not true, right? Because there's right the idea of a gravitational pull, Galileo, Newton, etc. It's it's a logical physics is logical, but it's not common sense. You wouldn't have just thought of that on your own, right? And there's a there's a system of physics. That's why I don't know it because I don't know the system. But right, I did very poorly in physics. I did okay in school, but physics I didn't do well. But but the point being, but that's okay, right? And I know they're not to argue with the physicist because I don't get it. Because I don't understand the framework and I don't get how it works. And that doesn't, mean that, that doesn't mean that it's nonsense. Actually, it makes a lot of sense. But it's just not common sense. It's not something that everyone can get like that without understanding the framework and the, and the philosophy and how it works, right? And so what the Rav, and you know, I'm sure he was talking also in the time he was living and it works in the time we're living now also. It's like, oh, every single thing about the Torah doesn't make sense to us. We're like, oh, see, it's ridiculous. And I, I'm, a, I'm a human and you're a human and you understand... You, I can understand it just like you do. And I, can, and I can make judgments about it just like anyone else can. And the answer is, not necessarily. If you don't know, know, if you don't know the, the halakhic process and how it works, not, everybody had, not everyone shares an equal seat at the table in that conversation. And that's not, and that's not, a, uh, that's not to speak not nice about any person. It's like any other. It's not like any other. But, but there is true. There are lots of areas of knowledge in the world that require certain, a certain... Uh, you know, level of sophistication and, and, and knowledge and expertise 
to, to get it, to understand what the problems are, to understand the answers, and understand what's a, what's, a real, what's a good problem, what's not a real problem, what's a good question, not a good question. There, 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 are, lots of, there are lots of areas of life that are like that, um, and areas of knowledge that are like that. And the Rav argued that what Korach was going after with this, these attacks, which are like the common sense attacks, was to, dr- to, to show people, see, Torah is ridiculous. Right? And that the response, and that's why the response is so swift. Right? This response of like, no, that's not how it works. It's not just right, how you feel like it. It's, it's so much more than that. But I thought, I thought it was a cool answer. It just, that's just one answer to this, to this measure. But the, and that was prompted by his jealousy? Like, what would all of a sudden cause him to... So again, maybe Korach himself knew that if he's going to be the Kohen Gadol, or he's going to be Moshe Rabbeinu, he doesn't understand the, he doesn't understand the system. He's not sophisticated enough. Right? But, it, but if I, so if I'm going to rise up, I need to make sure that it's dumbed down. Right? I, need, I need it to be like... And it to be something that we can all access. Everybody can access this the same way. It's a little bit of a different argument. It's not exactly the same argument. But is like, what do you mean we're all the same? No, we all have equal kedusha, right? And, and uh, we're all given that opportunity. It doesn't mean we're all the same. And I think it's really, I think it's like such an important point. Because that used to be like taken for granted. Like there are experts in this area and experts in that area and we give respect to that. And we, there wasn't AI, there wasn't Google, there wasn't. And like we could like appreciate that there's expertise. Expertise is something to be lauded and respected and appreciated. And even to be something that we, that we strive for, to be experts, right? And we use the word expert. It's handed out to anybody who takes a course for, for a little bit. You know, like it, it's not that simple. We're not all an expert, you know? And I think that's, that itself is an important point. That gets, it gets watered down today. I think the same way that Korach made the argument 3,500 years ago, the same argument can be made today in the same way. I want to end with a little more upbeat point, okay? Mm-hmm. Such a, this is like, <clears throat> I guess I've gotten into Rav Sarutskin. This is the Torah. We mentioned him a couple times recently. Look at this last piece, source number nine and ten. Nine, source number nine. Yishlach Moshe, Moshe calls out the dust in Vavir. And, and they say, we're not coming. They say really horrible things to him. Terrible. Horrible things. And the Torah said, and Chazal say, Mikan she'ein machzikin b'machlokas. Right? From here you see that you shouldn't strengthen machlokas. Why? Shehaya Moshe machazer achareihem la'ashlimam b'divrei shalom. He tried. As, as horrible as Dustin Ravir and words to Moshe, he tried to come out for them. And Mr. Ruskin asked the Kasha. He says, Mikan she'ein machzikin, you shouldn't strengthen machlokas? Better than that. Moshe tries to cool the machlokas. Even from here you shouldn't make, a chaz, make it stronger. Right? It's, not, it's not the right language to use. And he says such an amazing idea. He writes like this. This is not connected to anything we said until now. <laughs> but it's so nice. And if you take just this, it's worth it. He writes like this. Uh, he says, one, two, three, four lines down. Source number 10. Sha'afabishikvar nasa. He already tried. Who doesn't vaviram show up in the text for the first time? Here. But Chazal tells us that Dustin Vaviram come up a number of times before. According to Chazal, who were Dustin Vaviram? Those two guys who are fighting when Moshe in, in the first time. moment right. Chazal say Dustin Vaviram. The guys who go out to collect mun on Shabbos and they're not supposed to, Chazal tell us Dustin Vaviram. The guys who is all these times times when Chazal tell us it's Dustin Vaviram say, why did Chazal do that? It's an interesting question. But assuming that it's true for a minute. That it's really Dustin Vavirim, who've given Moshe Benu a hard time over and over again. By this time, what should Moshe have said? I've had enough. Chazaka. Uh-huh. It's been three times already. I know who these guys are. It's over. 
I have a chazaka. Over, I, I know who they are. I don't have to go after them. I know what they're like. They've always been this way. They're never going to change. So he writes, It didn't work. They, they have a chazaka, bad guys. There's no hope. No hope to help to, to work with them. Lo hechazik. Lo samach achazaka. We didn't rely on the chazaka. Moshe b'machlokes. Venisa od pam. Ladaberi mahem l'shalom. It didn't work. Right? It didn't work. But the point being that mikansha is a beautiful pshat. It's not this simple pshat what the words mean. Mikansha im machzik im machlokes means don't rely on the fact that you tried already and it didn't work. Keep the, trying. Keep trying. Keep trying. Or don't assume, I, I say even more, more realistically for us sometimes is we make assumptions that it's not going to work, right? We make a chazaka. We, sh- we say, what's, what's going to happen? I, I already, I, I'm in a fight with the person already. It's not going to go anywhere, right? By the way, some people are toxic and they're dangerous and they're unhealthy for us. Don't get me wrong. There's sometimes it's not, not going to work. And you have to, be, you have to know for yourself if that's healthy or not to go after that, that shalom. Sometimes the shalom is not possible because the person is in an unhealthy place and they can't. And we have to know what's healthy for us. But in a normal scenario, right? A regular scenario, which isn't as intense. We sometimes make chazakas for ourselves. We assume we know where somebody is and we assume we know what they think about us and we assume we know, what, 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 you know the whole story when we don't really know anything, right? And I think this idea, I thought was a really uh, pretty idea. But just in terms of what we said until now, everything else, I think the idea of, of Korach kind of stepping up to say, come on, we're all the same. Come on, the Torah should be the same for everyone. Everyone has a role. The, 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 our, our, our lives as Jews are all the same. Everyone's on the same level. That's, these things are not true. And I think that when we are willing to say that it's not true, it's important. Right? Someone had to stand up to the Korach and say that it's not true. When we work hard, when we achieve something, there's value there. And there's value there. Not, not, no one looks to put themselves above somebody else. But we can look to grow and be our own individual person and know who we are. And there's a lot of value to that. And we shouldn't shy away from that and be embarrassed of that. And I think there's uh, something to be said for, you know, recognizing hard work. We've been talking about hard work a lot also recently. Recognizing hard work, recognizing the value of, of investing. And that when you invest, you do rise up. You do, you do grow. You do change. And that's nothing to be ashamed of. It's just the opposite. Uh, we can be kola del kolam kedoshim. And we can also be each person looking in their own direction, at their own relationship with the Karsh Baruch at the same time. If 